Greg Walsh is part of the movement for responsible strength and conditioning. With a background in MMA, Greg is no stranger to the uphill battle of arbitrary conditioning and spotty strength work. Now he's focused on making better movers through his gym and training program, Wolf Brigade. In comparing his own dedication to performance to coaching your average gym goer, Greg is acutely aware of the struggle that continues to plague the majority, commitment. In this episode, Greg walks us through a brief history on how he came to discover his own coaching ethos through personal experiences and inspiration as an early adopter of CrossFit. After coaching for many years in Long Beach, he went back to his roots in Rochester, New York, and put his evolved methodology into play. Greg is now the successful owner and operator of Wolf Brigade Gym and Training System, where he preaches the effectiveness of getting after it with awkward implements and emphasizing unilateral strength work. This is episode 184. Power Athlete Nation, what is up? It is time for another episode of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. You got Luke here in Southern California. Texas dialing in from some sort of rotary modem over in Texas. Tex, can we get a sound check? Check, check, one, two. Come, oh, come on kick drum. Come, come, Tex. Come, come on the kick drum. Tex, do we have any public service announcements before we get going with uh, Gregor's over here? Uh, quick, I guess, Wade's Army check-in. So we have just passed the uh, Wade's Day mark, and we – Basically crushed every record we've ever set. I mean, almost years one, two, and three combined. Uh, currently sitting at $138,800, which is pretty freaking amazing. So, I mean, all that's going to go towards, one, funding another uh, phase one clinical trial, and two, any families that come to us in the next year, we, we have a pretty penny to kind of financially support them, whether that's buying a car, paying rent, paying for gas to travel, anything. So that's, uh, that's huge. Yeah, Wade's day at, uh, at Balboa was awesome, dude. We had like 40 people show up. We ended up doing the partner version. You know how uh, Benny Oliver likes to roll his classes off the cusp. And uh, we just didn't have enough space or enough equipment to make it happen. So we did a little partner version. So things got done pretty quickly. People were smashing the workout in like seven minutes. But, you know, you get to alternate with partner. Nice. And then after that, we just had a few more, few more workouts. And then uh, – <laughs> The final workout was like a chip deal, which this is a public service announcement for anyone listening. I haven't been doing any sort of work training like that. So not only that, Ben made us fucking slam a donut, slam some cold brew coffee, and then get into this workout, which was 150 fucking kettlebell swings, 100 burpees, and then a 400-meter plate carry, plate pinch. And, dude, I am a fucking kettlebell monster, dude. I can kettlebell swing so good on donuts and cold brew, but I cannot burpee for fucking dude. I got 10 burpees in about barfed. So it's classic Ben Oliver, just torturing the CrossFit Balboans over here in Southern California. But uh, what'd you hit for Wade's day? Tex, what did you end up doing? Uh, I went to, I dropped in a CrossFit Katie. So uh, they, they ended up kind of uh, switching up and it was a create your own partner workout, 20 minute AMRAP. So stuck true to the numbers, 11, 12, 11. And I, I paired with a guy and how we decided to break it up was say you and I are partners, Luke, you hit 11, I hit 11 on our snatches and then thruster, thruster and pull up, pull up. Uh, I stuck with the prescribed weights, hit the 50 pounds on the pull ups. So it gave my, my boy a little break in between, but we ended up getting all five rounds and change in the 20 minutes. And 
heavy, hard, fast for sure. But if I had to do that five in a row on my own, I probably would have taken longer than 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, man, it's a gruel. It for sure is a gruel. Well, hey, dude, let's jump in. Uh, yes. We got Greg Walsh in the house, man. <laughs> so, uh, dude, uh, just a little background on, on Greg and this whole situation. He just kept hitting us up in like classic Fight Club fashion. You know, we always <laughs> tell people like they're like, "Hey, how do we get? How do we get on?" And it's like, dude, yeah. you just got to be the squeaky wheel yeah, and I just accept. stand on the porch for like three days, and then eventually, like, fuck it, let's do it, man. You I know? accept. I so accept. that's what we are. Man, that's what we are. We're the squeaky wheel. So, Greg, hey, uh, I'm just going to let you brief our audience. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you here? Uh, let's get then after that. You know, what we do. Let's get into it. Well, thanks, man. I mean, um, the, the reason I was the squeaky wheel is is before I, I I lived in California for a long time, and before I moved back, um, just met John a few times um, over at CrossFit Newport Beach, um, and uh, you know, just started following from then, and and just dig what you guys are up to, and and that's a short list for me. So, um, you know, when when the idea of coming out to Southern California came up, uh, this was this was on my short list of, of things to do. Um, as far as as far as what I've been up to, what I'm up to now, um, I rode BMX my whole life. I've just kind of been a, a feature in, in, in underground culture and, and uh, got into CrossFit pretty early, 2003 or so. Um, uh, uh, trained at, worked at, and ran CrossFit Long Beach uh, until 2008 when I moved back to, to Rochester, New York, my hometown. And then we started Wolf Brigade. So so Wolf Brigade is is uh, my full time job now. Um, for those of you that don't know anything about that, it's just a, it's a strength and conditioning brand um, uh, that just kind of approaches things a little bit different, a little bit differently, uh, but differently for a reason. It's it's definitely not a novelty act. It's it's born of uh, of experience and and also um, uh, the need for the need for a change in, in in what we what we've seen going on in, in a lot of the fitness in a lot of the fitness culture. So uh, that's what we're up to now. In addition to that, I, I write stories. And, um, and, uh, I'm also getting really good at posting on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that, man. Uh, yeah, so I feel bad, you know, uh, John's out, obviously, uh, he's not here today. He's in Austin looking at Ranch Wellborn, making sure it's, uh, the, the new power athlete headquarters and the property is all up to code and ready to rock and move in for he and the family. But, uh, I mean, he, he couldn't prioritize me. I over know. His family's yeah. future. I, exactly. What are we talking about here? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll send him a, I'll send him a nasty gram and let please, him know. Please don't. But, uh, so please I'm, don't. I was in here packing up some orders and stuff and Greg came in early because you're not early or late, you know what I mean? And I felt bad, but we were just kind of chatting and just about the idea of the social media and John would love to jump in on this. Just like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck the social media. But the reality is for a small business, right? It's the micro gym to yep. get your name out there, to build brand awareness, brand equity, to build that brand loyalty. You need to put some jiggy shit out on the old Instagram and on it's Facebook and stuff, true. right? That's true. And, and I mean, the, the, the way that we've approached it is, is, is uh, I guess, slow and steady. We, we didn't do it very well at all until last year. Um, and then we started realizing that if we kept sleeping on it, um, it was just going to get further and further ahead of us. So, um, now I kind of feel like one of my main jobs is, is, is putting non disposable content on Instagram. Um, uh, the one thing that we won't do is, is post for the sake of posting. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, it, that goes well for certain people. It just doesn't go well for us. It's just, yeah. It's just not how, how our, how our brand operates. It's not how my brain works. No one gives a shit what I ate for breakfast. Yeah. Um, no, no, no one cares the face that my dog made when it saw me eating breakfast. I, um, I have seen a, a lack of puppy videos 
Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to work the puppy video into yeah. the Wolf Brigade uh, uh, content stream. Listen, if, we, if you look on there, there is some obligatory uh, uh, adorable dog photos on that Instagram. <laughs> you know, you got to use them sparingly. Man. Yeah, man. You can't catch that stuff in every day. Luke, Luke you hear that? You got to use them sparingly. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. What he means by sparingly is like the day out of the month that you choose to do, you better fucking drop like a sledgehammer right. and send text. 150 public videos within 30 minutes. That's exactly what I meant. Exactly what I meant. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so let's go back to the Wolf Brigade and kind of okay. the training method. And you, you know, you had said that you you do shit differently, but not not for the sake of novelty. So what do you mean by that? Yeah. Yes. So um, I, I I came from action sports. So my my intro and then into martial arts. So my introduction into strength and conditioning was. Um, utility. It was, it was need. I, I was, I had been injured a lot already, even a long time ago. Um, so from martial arts, I started realizing that if I didn't start fixing myself pretty aggressively, it was only going to get worse all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, initially it was just positioning first, you know, I had to make sure I could get into the positions that I was supposed to be in to perform these movements. So in that way, I was really lucky. I didn't just get thrown into deep water with terrible movement i had to fix it or i just simply couldn't do it mm -hmm. so um that's an idea that we've stayed married to even even in crossfit long beach my my, my trainers over there and you know, they they always tell me you know <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know if they get mad that i mentioned but but travis downing and joe pena were two of the earliest crossfit instructors um and they were just so smart man like they 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 had begun that evolutionary process so early. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we never, we never really even thought about main site CrossFit as a protocol that had to be followed. It was more like a guideline of what had to be accomplished. Mm -hmm. So, so like, you know, okay, ground to overhead, it doesn't necessarily mean that if, if your barbell snatch is terrible, that you have to do it anyway. It just means that, that what the response they're trying to elicit is developing power from ground to overhead. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the idea that we've kept in mind. And that's why we do such uh, thorough stuff with kettlebells. That's why we do, you know, a, a lot of really thorough stuff with maces and are so detailed about, about some of the movements is, um, we're, we want to elicit the response that the movement dictates, mm -hmm. uh, not simply the movement itself. Right. Right. So, so just to, just to kind of jump in, that's, that's amazing because the farther you get away from a barbell, the harder you work and more specific to, whether it's kind of a, a clean or definitely using those mace, the more specific and detailed your movement has to be to properly elicit a response. So barbell, you can get away with a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. So it's great to hear y'all just getting away from that. You, you know, and, and we, we, we've also found and not for nothing, it, we didn't intend to re maybe reverse engineer it, but we ended up doing so is, is that, you know, one of my first bad BMX injuries is I've broken my right wrist twice. Um, uh, the first time I did it, uh, I got asked to go on a, a, a un, unmissable trip uh, that ended up like really being a big corner turner for me. So I, I took the cast off and put duct tape on it and went <laughs> rode, rode my bike. You know, so when when it came to like you know power cleans and, and things like that, you know fr front front rack was never a position that worked that worked for me well. Um, so as opposed to doing it shitty, uh, I just figured out ways to do it heavy with kettlebells. And so now we, we've kind of brought that process to the fact where we're, we're, we're using percentages of people's barbell lifts and programming heavy kettlebell lifting. And then what we found with that, what we're still finding with that is it improves their barbell lifting, of course, 
but it also helps us identify and correct uh, uh, imbalances side to side. As, mm-hmm. as you said, as you said, text from the barbell masks a lot. Um, and of course, as, as, as the primary strength tool, it will never be surpassed. Right. Um, but to lift the barbell better, people ignore the fact that there are infinite amounts of details that are still in process. Right. You know, um, the, the, the process of getting stronger to lift the barbell is ignored and, and kettlebells and bases are, are largely ignored in, in, in that process. So fuck that, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we, we, we skin that cat really well and, and, and differently than anybody. And, and now what we have is, is people improving the, the main pieces of strength based on these, you know, I guess semi overlookable details. Right. Yeah. Um, that helped me, you know, regain functionality. Man, when I found when I found CrossFit, I had been sitting in this kind of like rounded up, pronated, internally rotated bullshit, hold on to tiny handlebars position for twenty years. Uh-huh. I couldn't get my arms over my head. Right. You know. So um, I guess fi- fixing myself has been the biggest um, tool in learning how to really train others uh, it, really well and, and help fix them. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of how Wolf Brigade looks. Is is it's you know it's 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 basically right now group oriented strength and conditioning, but extremely specific. Um, we bring everybody through the same curriculum priorities list. Um, it's not a it's not a big group uh, eight week on ramp type thing. It's we want to watch you move before we make you move. Mm-hmm. Um, so it lets them get comfortable in the environment, but it lets us lets us fix problems. Uh, before we see them in a unmanageable group setting, so yeah, it's just it's just kind of it's it's similar but different to what to what a lot of people are doing, and, and uh, there's room for it in a market that has lost touch with, with uh, a lot of the reasons that they're doing strength and conditioning. Yeah, it's like you know it brings me back to one of we we toyed around with this concept of this coaches roundtable about two years ago, where we'd invite a select group of coaches just to come in and chat us up and we would kind of, you know, provide advice. And what we end up finding out is, is right after we had launched field strong, people were like, just wanted to know how or why it worked, like what's going on. And, you know, John, cause they, they get lost in complete the movement, do the movement, you know, yeah. where it's, and it's missing the force for the trees. The idea that goals to elicit a, a stimulus, you know, we, yeah. we refer to as said principles, specific adaptations impose demands. The demands can vary. But you're targeting adaptation. That's yep. that's the idea, and uh, it, it's the sum of the parts. And an example of what unfolded was, you know, we had these guys doing all their barbell lifts. John saw, saw some videos and they decided to like, uh, you know, the tool that we ended up using to fuck with people was a sandbag, mm-hmm. right? So we did just a very potent dose of sandbag work. Yeah. Very little, like barbells in there still, yeah. you know, but uh, sandbag work. And then we retest after the sandbag cycle, like eight to twelve weeks, was it, Tex? You remember on the field strong cycle for sandbags, I believe six, six weeks. And uh, dude, we can get people back under the barbell and guess what fucking happens. They're stronger, you know, or the, the numbers go up. Are they stronger? I mean, yes, but all we did is just fucking get them out of the comfort zone, you know, do the proverbial field work and yep. uh, the type of stuff that you're doing with the kettlebells and the maces. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how a tiny adjustment can improve something totally uh, well, not totally unrelated, but largely unrelated without even having to think about it. Again. Right. Uh, I love the fact that you, that you pulled it off the table and put something else on the table and you were still able to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, I'm sure that felt like absolute magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really, you know, it's just, it's just critical thinking, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's self-experimentation. So 
But not, not a lot of people think that way, Greg. So, and, and what you've described is, is really um, a, a coach's journey in that you, yeah. you adapted a system that you enjoyed and it worked for a while, but then you had the, the aptitude to think this is not working anymore. I'm not getting stronger. I'm not getting fitter. I'm not seeing this carry over to what I, it should. So I need to make adjustments. A lot of people just get caught in the volume trap where they think, all right, well, I'm not going to do more. Yep. Yep. Versus and, and I think, I think that, that, uh, again, I have to pat them on the back, but, but our coaches, our initial coaches in CrossFit Long Beach, that they really thought about, um, why we were doing what we were doing, not necessarily just the fact that we were doing it. So, you know, they're, they're martial artists and military and law enforcement. So their strength and conditioning always wanted to transfer it to something else, S similar to someone who's playing football or some similar to someone who's going to go out and do a very specific task that they're, mm -hmm. that they're insulating themselves for. Um, so, so, I mean, we, we were, we were enjoying the strength and conditioning process, but, but we weren't necessarily strength and conditioning for the sake of itself. So, so, that that was again just a blessing in, in the sense that 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 the, the the barbell lift or the you know max rep whatever the fuck wasn't really <laughs> wasn't really the the point of the day you know the the point of the day was can you hit that as hard as you can and in twenty seconds later wrestle someone who's a hell of a lot better than you right um competently you know so so that was kind of the stuff that we experimented with and 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 really kind of just just paved the way for all of it and then the other thing <laughs> the other thing that I guess. I like I like and hate is that is that my injury list didn't really end, um, and so I had to I had to retool a lot of other stuff that's just helped me retool a lot of other stuff. Um, uh, 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 at some point in riding BMX for a long long time, I did, broke something in the bottom of my back, so I've had two back surgeries. Um, as you get as you guys know, they basically throw like a percentage prognosis at you when you're done with that. Well, there's like a 22% chance of you returning to watching television. You know, yeah. they, they, they say all this randomized type stuff. So the first surgery didn't really work. Um, and I was kind of left with the pain that I had before. And then the second surgery was a fusion. So there's a little metal piece in my back. Um, and, and they, they, they said after that, there's a 15% return to normal physical functionality. You know, so they basically say you're doomed. Yeah, you're to, doomed. To, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so on top on top of that, um, the the surgeon made a mistake, touched a nerve, and wow. and turned my left big toe off. So post surgery, there was no strength in the left toe. If you pushed on it, it just it just moved. Uh, it just moved up and down. Um, I guess they, what do they call it? Like a neuropathy or something. But so some of that strength came back, but not nearly all of it. Uh -huh. So for a, a fucking strength and conditioning kickboxing athlete, uh, not having your left toe to post on is like a death sentence. Yeah. So, um, that totally broke my brain. And, and for a while it was, it was, it was really just like the pinnacle of discouragement. Like I could not post every time I moved my left knee or left hip would hurt because the force distribution was wrong because there's, there's no fucking post. Yeah. You know? So I had to really learn how to maximize that, that external rotation that you guys talk about and the toes forward, mm -hmm. you know, maximizing like anything I could maximize because the toe was not functioning optimally. Mm -hmm. So, so now as we're, as we're training, as we're training athletes and as, as we're training people with injuries, the, the details that we're able to employ in like, we call them tricks, but they're not tricks. The, the, 
the false stability that we're able to manufacture with things like, um, you know, unilateral lifts or, or things like the mace as like a long lever stabilizer, things like that. I mean, we've, we've, we've really accomplished some interesting stuff with people with crazy injuries um, just based on teaching them how to stabilize their bodies um, when their body's not cooperating. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I know that's, that's kind of a weird, you know, you know, really specific type of niche, but uh, coaches can figure that stuff out. They just have to take the time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and what they'll, what they'll learn, hopefully, is, is that that stuff translates into when you get the normal athlete eliciting more power out of them. Yeah, exactly. You know? So so you start fixing the broken people, all of a sudden the good people just get more brutal, uh -huh. you know, um, which is awesome because they're the easy, as you guys know, those are the easy ones to train. Yeah. You, yeah. Get, you get some thoroughbred in here, mm -hmm. you're adjusting tiny bit of details from 99 to 100 miles an hour as opposed to 60 to 100 miles an hour. That's the fun, that's the fun stuff. So yeah, anyway, that, that, that's, that's where, that's where, that's where my, I guess tra training journey has been um, fi fixing myself and then, and then just kind of getting the details down um, and then standardizing them to where we can put a program like this out. Mm -hmm. So how long has a uh, Wolf Brigade been up and running? So, so I, moved, I moved back to Rochester in 2008, uh, mid 2008. And we started <laughs> we started teaching, um, you know, really basic, uh, strength conditioning classes in, in a, in a, in a park, uh, in May of 2008, um, got a small space in, I think August, September have moved several times and, and, uh, now we are where we are. So, so, uh, since mid 2008, um, it, it's looked similar, but different to, to what we are now, uh, in, 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 in 08, 09, our, our main deficiency was space. Yeah. So we, we had a lot of the same details, um, but we didn't have, you know, as many, uh, you know, I guess barbell racks were the main thing that, that we had to substitute, substitute, quote unquote, substitute. So that's another reason that we got um, better at teaching with kettlebells and making sure that the kettlebell weights made sense. Yeah, out of, out of necessity. That's right, right out of necessity. Um, and and I, I think there, there's some people that do it, so this is definitely, and we pay attention to them and appreciate the hell out of them, but in general, the kettlebell is a dismissed tool because people don't think it can be lifted heavy enough to get really stronger, mm -hmm. and that is that is a total mistake. Uh, it's just the details of how you're lifting it. Um, we, we see people come in that are um, quote-unquote experienced kettlebell lifters that haven't addressed many, many details of how to lift these things heavy, and then once they do, man, it's heavy, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's great because lifting something one-sided or even even partially one-sided with a small anchor from the other side, all of it makes that insulated strength that's gonna keep you from getting injured in, in, a, in a high intensity sport, uh, or even if you're just lifting heavy barbells. Um, I mean, eventually, we are going to move wrong. That's, that's the idea of stress to progress, right? That's it. Yeah. And, and so I mean, if, if we're not training past end ranges, if we're not, if we're not training both sides equally, but separately, mm -hmm. man, eventually, you know, we're going to hurt people. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I mean, if, if, if CrossFit has proven anything, it's that, you know, we start to started to work. We had the opportunity to start to work all that into our training when we put out field strong. So, cause I mean, sport exists in this, this imperfection taking you places that you don't want to go and kind of with uh, our one-on-one clients, any athlete that we had 
working with us that was training for a sport or had the opportunity to kind of come in and work with us. We were doing all these warm-ups, but we didn't necessarily have the opportunity to kind of put that out on CrossFitFootball.com. So it's, it's uh, I want to learn more about your kind of standardized approach to kind of putting this on the internet, to trusting people to do this in yep. their garage. And, and part, of, part of it is, so on, on WolfBrigade.com, there's, I mean, at this point, six, six plus years of every day of training. Um, so, so, I mean, what you'll see is you'll, you'll see what I just mentioned, which is, which is at first we had some equipment limitations. You'll see that evolve. Um, but we, we, we link, uh, videos for the movements that we think are best. If, if we don't do the movement best, then we link who we think does the movement best. Like we're not, we're not married to the fact, like, 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 you know, um, I can teach a serviceable, safe power clean, but am I teaching it in any way near someone like Greg Everett? Uh, fuck no. So, so we link, we link him, you know, am, am I teaching, um, you know, a, a skin the cat or, 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 a, or a dip in the same way as the same level as Carl Paoli? No way. Can I teach those things safely? Sure. But if there's people that are better than you at stuff, you got to default to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so with, with the kettlebell stuff, I think the way that we're standardizing it and, and a lot of it is on there video wise as demonstration and, uh, text description, the deep water tutorials were are still in process, and that's something we've kind of been holding off on because we think there's a lot of value to that. Mm -hmm. um, we, we've done some we've done some real thorough ones. We just did a, a, a definitive Mace 360 tutorial, which is kind of the most involved one that we've done. Um, but but just what just what what you mentioned the the, the, st the standardized stuff that'll get people to uh, heavy transferable kettlebell lifting weight. Uh, first of all, I'd be absolutely thrilled to share. To share, um, we we try and share, and then the the videos for that stuff will be a little bit a little bit down the road because we want them to look right. And yeah, a lot of yeah. times we just have access to uh, rudimentary video stuff. I yeah. guess we'll call I know it that. Um, but but the, the the result the results have been so interesting, man. Because you know, I I guess I just think about a lot of who we train as normal people, but I know what the fitness world is doing and calling progressive. Right. Right. And it's, it's shocking, man. It's, yeah. shocking. you know, some days I get in there and I'm like, man, that, that tiny woman just picked up 106 pound kettlebell really, really well with speed and power and movement organization and a finished position. And she did it nine fucking times. Uh -huh. You know, it, it was not once is luck, you know, twice is still luck. But, but when something starts happening on a repeated basis with, 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 expertise and fluidity then you know you're onto something yeah competency you know? yeah yeah so anyway I, I would i would yeah i would i would be thrilled if any of that helped any of, of your athletes yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. uh it, i think people take for granted with all the training we post out there on train heroic every movement has its own movement demo right yep. we have for a majority maybe 200 250 movements that we've filmed out here and i don't think people understand how how many takes it took us to get that eight second video to look fucking perfect. Yep. And the, the purpose of having the video is so you can, I mean, if you're training alone, let's just say film your film yourself, watch the fucking video and how it's done to every little detail of foot position relative to that person's shoulder, hip placement, uh, you know, barbell position, grip width, whatever, you know, for, for, let's say a back squat. And it should, you're trying to look exactly like that fucking video. But I think people are like, oh, 
just do that. Got it. Boom. And just go fucking do what they think they do. And this is, you know, what, what we Dex has been tinkering with, with their competency models. Like they don't even know what they don't know yet, but it's, if they, if I wish there was like a disclaimer on every video, maybe we should have put this on their text. Like, Hey, asshole, do this exactly like the video shows. Like, can you be, you know, parrot this movement? Um, and we, I, try. We, go ahead. we see this everywhere we go in coaching. People don't necessarily value our uh, investment in how even the simplest of movements are accomplished. So we are putting so much emphasis on, we don't give a shit what you can do. We care about what you can't do. And then in order for you to be able to soon accomplish that, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, literally primals, right? A, B, and C to fix and correct movement patterns. And then we're going to, then we're going to load you up. But a lot of coaches, a lot of athletes, they don't, they don't value that investment in how you move. It's unfortunate. And I'm, and I mean, Greg, you, I'm, I'm sure you've run into the same things. And, and we, we, we lose those people. And, and we, <laughs> when I say lose, I mean that in quotes because they're just not, they're just not for us. You know, um, the, the, the satisfaction of lifting something heavy or doing something powerful or accomplishing something brutal is insulated with the work that goes into that thing. You know, I mean, if, if you take someone who's been on the couch for a long time that was a great football player in high school, they may come in and with a, with a gigantic arch and eyes to the ceiling, back squat above parallel, 300 pounds, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not, not important to me at all. <laughs> right. you know? that, that's, that could not be less relevant to me um, or what we're trying to accomplish. You know, um, meanwhile, if, 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 in, if in a few uh, training sessions, we can get that same dude with his eyes neutral and his spine neutral to get below parallel and make his face red with 85 pounds, then, then we've accomplished something. Right. You know? So I guess, our whole our whole idea is is detailing that out physically, but then but then also insulating that uh, mentally. And I mean that's that's one of the I think that's one of the one of the biggest uh, offerings on the Wolfergate site, and then also on our Instagram is is just the mindfulness of the fact that you know. So, but, uh, before the show, you said your philosophy, and I'm, I wrote this down: insulating intensity. So <laughs> yeah, so so I, I think words. That's a term that that's a term that I, I mean, I've thought for years and years about about the idea of new athletes being expected to just come in and go hard, you know, because, you know, and, and we, we, we refer to CrossFit a lot because it really it really set a lot of standards, both both good ones and bad ones. Um, and and expecting someone who's never um, uh, exhibited intensity in training to just come in and do that is, is flawed. You know, I mean, you, you have, you have to make sure that when you start going hard and going fast, that there's a rhyme and a reason to it. So that's something else that we do is when we expect max intensity out of people, even, even mid level athletes, or even, I guess what I would consider like intermediate uh, trainees, it's with the simplest movements, you know? So, so for us, you know, we, we, you, at Wolfgate, you'll never see like a heavy power, clean body weight, kettlebell swing, no rest back to the power clean. Mm -hmm. We just don't do it. Uh, so, so if, if, if it's going to be some type of heavy power clean or squat or, or, or level change, that's going to be first. And then the, the hard, fast, high intensity stuff is going to be uh, still violent and vicious, but, but lighter. It's going to be, it's going to be kettlebell swings. It's mm -hmm. going to be uh, you know, some, something with the mace. It's going to, it's going to be something on the air dyne that's, going to elicit that same power response 
and is going to be infinitely scalable, but that takes so much of the variable out of the equation. Mm -hmm. So, I, so I guess that's that's what I mean by insulating intensity is is you have to you have to build that. Of course, you guys know this, man. Like you, you have you have to build every little piece of it before you can drive the car as fast as it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, but one way around that in a group setting, um, or or with or with beginner athletes to to get them to still get that you know, that, that feeling mm -hmm. is, is to simplify what intensity looks like. If you put someone on an airdyne and you tell them to go as hard as they can, they are not going to get injured. Right. They, right. they, they may want to die, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they are not going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, once, once they've been taught how to do an appropriate hinge based kettlebell swing, as long as they're breathing properly and they have an appropriate weight, that, that's a very safe movement for us to use as a conditioning Right, right. Um, something else that's a totally uh, unheralded conditioning tool in a in a circuit like that is holds. You know, you get someone with a mace out in front of them, it feels like you're breathing with a bear on your back. Yeah, you know. So, 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 so when we talk about insulating intensity, but also making intensity safe uh, and and uh, valuable for all levels, that that's kind of how we, that's kind of how we do it differently. Okay. Um, of course, is there a time and a place to pick up really heavy shit when you're really tired? Absolutely, there is. But it, it, in my opinion, in my in my long term experience, it is not uh, high dexterity barbell lifts when you're at your most tired. Even yeah. For so there, there is there is a value in that, and I like to call that calculated coaching. So if mm -hmm. you have athletes that don't necessarily value the um, the things you're making them do, the quality warm ups, or the, the approach where if they're not ready for a kettlebell workout, they're going to hit the airdyne hard, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're not valuing what you're doing, then you just take it away. So making, making athletes, and I've done this before, just no warm up, no 15 minute sprint prep, nothing, just go right into the sprints. And it's called calculated coaching because there is a risk of injury. So you're putting them in a position to one, value. What you have to do, I'm not going to do as many sprints as I, I wanted to because we didn't do the warm-up and the prep, but at the same time, you're kind of putting them in a position to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's smart. I, 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 lo I love that idea. That, that, that immediately made me think about, I think it's, it's Rob Orlando, I think, that, that writes that occasionally he will walk into the gym cold and you know, deadlift or back squat or something, some obscene amount of weight mm -hmm. for three reps cold in the door, you know? Um, but, but then again, I mean, he's, he's, he's earned that ability. So I, I, yeah, over a lifetime. Of training. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I like that idea of, of putting the high level stuff on the people that have earned the high level stuff. Um, yeah, that's great. That's great. And that's so, totally progress minded, you know? I mean, it's, it's, that's that's not randomized you know that's, that's what that's what i that's what i've liked the most about looking at what you guys are up to and, and even when even you know even when i first started looking at what john was up to is 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 there's nothing there's nothing randomized here there's no guessing mm -hmm. um and that's that's where i think that's where i think a lot of um <laughs> functional fitness training has uh, devolved is it's just randomized volume based guesswork um and that that doesn't really get anyone uh as strong as they can be, it gets them sometimes stronger than they were. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not, that's not really my, that's not really my goal. You know, I, I mean, getting someone stronger than they were is, is fucking easy, man. Well, yeah, it's you know? like, it's, it's physiology. It's the novice window. It's the application of a new training stimulus 
strive some sort of fucking adaptation. Yeah. And, you know, I used to, we used to talk about yeah. this at the seminars. One of my favorite anecdotes is like, why the fuck do you think there's a 90 day guarantee on P90X? Because <laughs> fucking right. anything will work That's for 90 right. days right. approximately as long as it's a new training stimulus. Yeah. You're going to get better. Yep. But then what we would, the principle that falls behind it on us where it would be like, well, that's bullshit. And this is what you're talking about is the concept of driving an accelerated adaptation. So, okay. So we can get you three steps ahead in 90 days by just fucking getting you off the couch and doing uh, running in place. Let's mm-hmm. just say, right. Yep. Um, but if you were to follow something, like you said, not that is structured with a goal in mind, we'll, we'll get you 300 steps ahead mm-hmm. in 90 days instead. Right. Yep. So it's like everything works, but you want what works best for the goal at hand. And, uh, you know, I think where our methodology, where our methodology overlaps here is out of the gate, early adoption as a new athlete comes in, movement selection is reduced to the most fundamental movements and we scale and accelerate the adaptation of just what we call strength, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which comes in, you can go down the rabbit hole as much as you want, but we just want to get you fucking stronger, eccentrically, isometrically, whether it's holds, uh, and have competency in all, all planes of motion. So that's like, that's it. Like get you good at squat, step, lunge, push, pull. And yep, to start yes. to introduce three planes of motion. That's it. You know, and uh, and then after that, I, you kind of start to spiral out, right? So as the life cycle goes on, as you build your proficiency, you can spiral out, get into jiggy shit. Then next thing you know, it's fucking fifteen years later. You're Rob Orlando. You're a strong motherfucker, and you put six hundred pounds on a bar to cold, and you pull it for a yeah. That's right. That's you right. You know, but that's if you're right. Johnny fucking jackass who's been at this for just a year, even though a year's a long time, you're gonna hurt yourself. Like you are still in that early adoption phase. You're early on in the life cycle, right? There's still a lot of work to be done uh, where it should be, you know, primarily focused, but I don't know where, how did I get on this? Well, and, and, and for, <laughs> and for me, just kind of, I guess going, going, going off what you just said, when I, when I, so, 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 so for me, I know that there's, there's lifts that don't need adjustment. So once they don't need adjustment, they've been, they've been done really well. We've proven them to be done heavy. The world has proven them to be done heavy. Then I start thinking about, especially with kettlebells and maces, cause those are really my, those are really my tools. I mean, of course I lift barbells, but, um, uh, that, that is not my strong suit. Um, and, and it's other strong suits. So I default to them. Sure. But with, with the other stuff, now I'm just thinking about little details of how to do it better. Uh, you know, faster, heavier, uh, more organized, um, how to cue it better. And then once we figure that out, then I treat it just like you just said, like mm-hmm. it's brand new again. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll do enough reps of it where, where it makes sense to me and I can feel some sort of response that I didn't feel with something else. And then we start putting it on people. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and, and as, as you said, it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's, it's that small window. We'll see if, it, if it's, if it's a novelty, I'm going to know in a few weeks or a month or something, cause I have some experience, but if it's not a novelty, two months in, the weight's going to be heavier. I'm going to feel stronger. My position is going to be better, and then we and then we can share it. Yeah. But but uh, a lot of times, the instant gratification of of you know functional fitness stuff uh, is is uh, is a detriment to people. They don't yeah. they don't have the patience to like sit down and learn something, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of toil toil through it to earn that strength. Um, and it's interesting to think about a year as a long time for people like us. It's interesting to think about a year as a long time. Cause it's not, it's no, not no, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I mean, we've, we've, we've very thankfully got people that have been with us almost since the beginning that are s- still progressing. I mean, and, and it, it's, 
it's not because we were holding anything back. No, you right. know, um, and, and that's that's to me the coolest uh, is is I love seeing new people progress and and you know overcome their challenges and, and watch their brains get stronger because I mean the way that we execute things is um, it's challenging for a lot of people's mindsets. We're we're very we're very uh, nurturing and and careful and caring. Um, but if, if, you know, if, if your constitution is by nature soft and, and you're a soft-minded person that's going to victim face everything that goes on the board and, and everything, then there's other places for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the people that have been there. Are those us, the people you lose? <laughs> like you lose via uh, putting your foot in their ass and kicking them out the front door? And, and, and we're lost you. We're also good at navigating that. You know I mean? We, <laughs> We, we, we would never, you would never, well, I don't want to, I don't want to say never, but we would never, <laughs> we would never specifically throw anyone out, you know, but, but as, as with you guys, I mean, there's, there's that silent vetting process. Mm -hmm. That's fine, man. That's organic. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's it, real strength and conditioning and, and, and real, uh, high level mindset adjustments that are going to transfer outside the gym to the hard shit that goes on in this crazy world mm -hmm. are not not easy. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to be, no. you know, um, if, they, if they're easy, they're not valuable. Yeah. Um, so, so w where I am with my training and things like that is, is, as I, as I look at it as that exact same thing, it, if it's easy at this point, it, it is not valuable. Right. You know, um, I'm not 20 years old. Um, I, I know, I know how to beat myself down in, in the appropriate ways. Uh, I do it all the time. Um, I'm willing to die for it because I feel like it's that valuable. Uh, I, I want to know the details that make it all tick, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I feel like uh, the evolutionary process is, is especially with like some of these quirkier tools like kettlebells and maces, you know, and how we implement them into our programming. Um, uh, it's, it's the, I say this with humility, it, it, it's the next step in generalist strength and conditioning. Uh -huh. um, because with, all the CrossFit people that we get from other gyms that come over and, and train, um, they mostly want to work hard, but, but haven't been given the tools to work hard. Yeah. They haven't been taught about breathing. Uh -huh. They haven't been taught about bracing. Um, most of the time, they haven't been really differentiated between, you know, hinge, squat, uh, internal rotation, external rotation, when, why, how, uh -huh. right? Without that stuff, um, the, the, the door closes, right? The book ends, you know? So that, that's kind of, that's kind of where we're going. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, just, to, just to echo, just to echo my, my, my level of, of, uh, uh, respect for what you guys are doing. That's the same thing I see here. You know, I love, and I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's details, man. It's, it's details presented in a fun, digestible way for people that give a shit. Right. You know, if you don't give a shit, be something else yeah you know what i mean yeah. there's a 90 day guarantee on a lot of stuff yeah go yeah. find that yeah go find that so i may be i may be pontificating here a bit but i've noticed um in this conversation has reminded me how much effort starts to work against you when we work in uh more athletic tasks and uh things like the bamboo bar skips sprints so it, it's very interesting and um especially how much this discussion reminds me that uh, when we start to shift or get athletes from kind of that, that go hard sport uh, of fitness into our stuff where it's just like, Hey, we need you to do simple stuff extremely well. And that'll start to carry over. 
So it, it's, um, it's amazing that, Greg, you're, you're kind of finding the same thing. Effort works against you when you got to freaking swing that mace around, uh, which we, we got a freaking club in the back, and I definitely want you to show Luke some stuff, then he can show me. But uh, I, 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 sent, I sent you guys an early Christmas present, man, yeah. so you've, you've got a mace to play with when you come yeah, back. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> so, so, Tex, I, I'm going to just kind of pick, pick it up from you and go, go with it, like yeah. in terms of the effort. And uh, the, the, how do I want to say this? Certain training systems, like it should be hard. Abs everything's fucking hard. It should be hard. But it is the the effort put forth by, and I saw it at, at Balboa, like people get lost in just making it miserable. And I think that, you know, in the in the new definition of fitness that, that Greg Glassman has, has put together, we are helping a huge population stay out of the hospital and just be healthier. I, you know, That's right. And, and yep. so I'm not going to discredit that now. But going back to the reward of effort in making things look hard, that goes against everything we are about with regards to athleticism. And now what we're asking people is, okay, you've been trying hard to be miserable and look miserable and make it look miserable yep. and squeeze out an extra rep at any cost. And yeah. God, you know what? God bless you. God bless you. Let Jesus take the wheel. Get your extra rep in so you can get one more notch up on the leaderboard. Hallelujah. Right? But now it's how do we get that emotional spiritual, I even say, whatever the fuck effort and rechannel it to make it look effortless, mm -hmm. right? And yep. that is the element. And that is a product of un understanding your own kinetics, understanding your body, being able to visualize this movement, align kinetically, and apply the appropriate force at the appropriate time through the appropriate plane of motion to make it look effortless right and that is a product of posture position and all the shit that we w work on here at power athlete and it's like you want to make easy tasks look easy and complex tasks look even easier that's right you know like you were talking yep. about earlier with with that that little gal who came in ripping around 106 pounds repeatedly you know it's that replication of what we refer to as speed effortless replication that's the goal man like to yep. do it 100 times and make it not even drop a bead of sweat but in your heart of hearts, no, it took 100% effort to get it done. Right? That's right. That's right. And 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 we we think we think about it and, and often call it tempering the torture. So it's, <laughs> so it's 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 knowing that it can be as hard as it can possibly be, but it's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, if if you know if, if you've got that and and martial arts and and something like something like professional fighting is the is the perfect example of that. Uh, I mean. You know, I, I've, I've been a long time martial artist and never anywhere near a professional level. But I can tell you that when, when you know, in Muay Thai, you get kicked in the leg, man, you want to go home and go to sleep. You know, <laughs> so so the fact that, you know, at the highest level, these guys, it, it, it's, it's like a soup. It's like superhuman composure. Yeah. You know, so 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 one thing that, that composure yeah. we're, we're very driven by um, at, at Wolf Brigade is, is the maintenance of that composure. You know, we, we even do things called composure recovery drills where we'll do simple tasks like uh like say a kettlebell swing or 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 you know push-ups or something like that immediately followed by front rolls immediately followed by three breaths mm -hmm. immediately followed by repeat yeah uh so basically you know, we make you do a a, a a vicious but simple task turn you upside down and see how you recover mm -hmm. um and and that that's that's valuable for athletic transfer and composure transfer but it's also valuable for everybody everybody at some point is going to fall down they're going to get into a car accident. Someone is going to shove them. They're going to get grabbed up. And, and it, 
if you've never thought about that, as you guys know, it is a catastrophe. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you have thought about it, it's often still a catastrophe. But it, uh, it, you know, we would rather we would rather have it and not need it than than need it and not have it. Yeah, dude. You know, it's funny. That kind of has to do with it. But what the fuck? Well, let's go way off subject. I was trolling through. Uh, I don't know Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And this fucking video shows up, and it's like failing like a boss was the video or whatever. You know. And this, oh, no. it's a uh, <laughs> there's it's it's a video of I guess the finish past the finish line of a downhill skateboard race. So it's like big wheel uh you know like maybe like three four inch round big wheels oh my god and this dude so dude comes down and he's just power sliding to like you know just like slow you would down. yeah yeah just slow down and then they show another dude who's starting a power slide and just hits a stop rock and this dude goes fucking catapulting head first uh, you know what i mean yeah and you're like oh no and what he ends up doing is just basically tucking and rolling out of it round off back handspring come on dude like like just totally improvises round off back or round off backflip lands it and everyone just is like oh I'll have to it. try and find the video but and it's like taking like you know someone who's clearly been there before and for whatever reason what is his what is his what does his body tell him to do what does mind tell him to do he's like yeah. fucking just roll with the momentum you know how to That's do it. this you know and that was what he felt to and it's it, it's 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 improvisation for sure but but it's also just insulation I mean he is, he has probably done either the front roll and or the back handspring. 5,000 times yeah. to do it that once. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. And, and so I, I have an added level of respect for that, man, because when, when the water gets deeper, you know, you start learning uh, the validity of what you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, we jokingly, uh, like, we'll call it praxis. Uh, we, we used to talk quite a bit on one of our lectures at the, the seminar, but if we're, you know, you're in a, a gym environment, you're talking, backpedaling, and next thing you know, you fucking trip over a barbell. It's like, all right. <laughs> What am I going to do with my body to make this look like I meant to do it? Yeah. And then you just catch me like praxis. <laughs> but it uh, doesn't always work out that way. I'm going to fucking slap back. Of course, it's still fun for everyone involved. <laughs> but um, so I don't know, maybe maybe an adjunct martial arts. What, what's the martial art discipline that you've been you've focused on? Well, I mean, um, before I left New York, I had done a little bit of you know, I guess like more like traditional martial arts, like Aikido and stuff. And then when I, when I first got to Long Beach, um, in, in, in 99, uh, I took Kempo Karate with a really great, a really great guy named Carlos Macias. He was also grappling at the time. So we kind of moonlighted and did some, did some jujitsu. And then in, in, it was either, I can't remember. It was like the maybe mid 2003. Uh, I just got lucky, man. I just walked into the right place in Long Beach and it was, it was, it was those guys I talked about, you know, that, that started CrossFit Long Beach. Um, and they were doing Muay Thai and 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 grappling uh, both both CSW under Eric Paulson and then and then Jiu-Jitsu under under Kleber, um, and then uh, uh, you know Kali and things like that as well. And and it was it was for for me it was perfect mm-hmm. because I had I had identified at that point that those other martial arts were great but different than what I wanted. Um, I, I got into martial arts uh, because. Um, I've just got really strange luck, man, and I've always just gotten into weird hot water and knew that at some point uh, I had to prepare for that. Yeah. Um, and and so so Muay Thai and, and grappling were, were perfect for me, and, and the way that they integrated them um, was was just I mean really you know, I can't say enough about about how well they did all that. Um, so 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 grappling, kickboxing, you know, and, the, and then the self defense uh, uh, applications of that they they didn't they didn't default. And, and I and I currently still do not default to a specific martial arts style as a self-defense application. Um, self-defense is its own entity, 
they treat it as such. And, and that was another huge benefit for me because now that's something that, that we offer at, at Wolf Brigade, um, are, are these demystified self-defense clinics. Um, uh, and we help law enforcement and, and, and things, you know, learn defensive tactics. And, and that's, that's, uh, the stuff I take the most seriously because the repercussions are the most serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so that's it. So that's it. And, and, and that stuff was also great in proving the value of strength and conditioning details. Right. Because if we take, if we take someone that we've been training in the, in our, in our strength and conditioning program and start teaching them kickboxing, uh, it's, it's like teaching someone who's already been learning kickboxing. Yeah. They yeah. know, they know sequencing from the floor. They know where their hips are. You know, they understand bracing and breathing and, and, and relaxing, uh, you know, appropriate tension, things like that, that, that are concepts that sometimes in martial arts people struggle with for years. Right. But because they've learned them in weightlifting and conditioning, uh, they can apply them to, to martial arts. So anyway, we went off topic a little bit, but, but the martial arts background was, was uh, semi-traditional and then combat sports, you know, right. um, and, that, and that's great. I think I think that's that's a great evolution for me because you you start learning uh, what you don't know, what will actually work mm-hmm. and and why. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, when 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 you know you first start training in something like Muay Thai from a more traditional art, you realize that your hands are in the wrong place, your feet are in the wrong place, your fucking head's in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, um, so it's just like anything. It's like that. It's like that fun, painful learning curve that we all know yeah. too, too well. <laughs> so are you are you a UFC fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. So you watched that fight this weekend? I did. Yeah, dude. What do you think yeah. of that guy? What do you think of McGregor? Uh, you know, uh, what are we talking po- politically or physically? Uh, just whatever. Uh, I mean, let's see where we go, man. I I, I think physically, uh, um, he he's he's a he's a next level dude. He he move he moves in ways that people will aspire to move like for the next ten years. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, I, I don't like listening to him talk any more than anyone else does. Um, uh, but I also respect the fact that he had the confidence in his physicality uh-huh. to, to talk the highest level of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause that, that like, that raises the bar. And, Cause if you sure. fucking go down, dude, it's a, it's a heavy, if it doesn't work out the way you, you expect, it's a heavy burden to bear that, uh, right. post fight, you know, that's right. and, 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 you know, in, 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 as, as a fight fan, but, but also as, as a, a um, as a, as a thinker, you know, when he got choked by Diaz, uh, I was, I was happy, man. I was glad that he got choked by Diaz, but I was also really excited to see what a dude like that did with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you're going to cower in the fucking corner or, yeah. or are you going to come back and, and, you know, kind of, I guess, fulfill your destiny. Yeah. Um, so that's all curious to me. It's yeah. All curious to me. I just look at it as like, uh, I, I look at that level of, of fighting as it's essentially like watching a movie or something. Yeah. You know, um, even, even, you know, yet, yeah, sure. Can I throw a kick on tie pads? Sure. But, but, but what I think it's lost in the shuffle is the, is the vast distance between that and what those guys are doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's superhuman, man. It's yeah. superhuman. Dude, I was watching it. I was watching with some buddies and, uh, some guys I knew, some guys that like just newly acquainted with and that fucking, I, that's always a tough prescription dude, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's it is fucking amazing. And the, I've, I've been hit in the face. I've been in some fights. I, I'd prefer to, I guess, talk my way out of it. I like, yeah. I just don't like getting punched in the face anymore. No. I don't think, I mean, I, if it's what I, it has to happen, it will fucking happen. <laughs> but, um, so it's funny watching with people and I fucking caught myself saying like, why don't you just fucking punch him or something like that? And yep. then like I said it once, I'm like, I'm an asshole. Like what 
the fuck do I know, dude? I'm an armchair quarterback watching these guys go to battle. There's some fucking reason why they're not. Like, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, these guys, though, were, were like the armchair uh, – or one of the guys was like an armchair fucking expert telling everybody what should be going on. And I'm like, this is fucking annoying. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. it is it is epic battle to watch that shit. And I, it's you know, it's I, insane. I'm, on the, I'm kind of on the, the analog of you. I enjoy the shit talking. I think it's fucking <laughs> great. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Yep. How more so? I think how people react to to his to Conor McGregor's fight attitude pre-fight and like it's a show, it's a campaign, it's oh, a, it's amplified, you know. I, and I, I think like watching the reaction. I agree with that, and I think yep. I truly think it's calculated. But like you said, it's risky because if this doesn't go his way one day, you know, how is he going to recover from it? What's the what's the backlash from it? Well, well I, I got the solution if he if it backs backfires, he goes to the WWE. Oh, oh sure, sure. Oh, dude, oh, yeah. Gosh. He's a showman. <laughs> yep, yep. And and a ma- and a masterful one. And and realistically, I mean, he, he could he could disappear today and have accomplished things that no one ever did that many people thought would never happen. Yeah. So I mean, realistically, you know, unless unless he just decides to start eating a shitload of donuts and stop training, he's already far enough ahead where you know all we can do is clap for him. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. You can you can say all the crazy shit you want, but but I mean, that that dude has has backed up everything he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought I thought his humility after he got choked out by Diaz was was impressive. And, I, and you know what? Like the, in terms of a storyline, I don't think you could ask for a better one. Like dude, he's like big boys need bigger hits, and uh, yeah. I'm gonna fucking make that happen. And what did he do? You know, he, he that's true. He did it. So cool story, and then cool kind of rags to riches story. But I could see how people fucking despise the fucking showmanship, you know. But I, I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. And I mean, and, and I'm not like a, 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 I'm not like a giant general sports fan. But, uh-huh. but I, I see in team-based sports that level of egotism as less digestible to me. Agreed. Because you're, you're, it's not you, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, there's, you're, you're, a, you're a cog in the wheel. Right. But without all this other stuff in play. You're not going anywhere. Uh-huh. You're standing on the field by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know that, that's why you know it's it always feels like we. Even when I talk about the gym and, and training things, it's it's you know without people around there, I'm standing in a stupid empty gym by myself. Right. You know, but but with fighting, it's 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 you. Of course, there's coaches and, mm-hmm. and training partners and stuff. But at the end of the day, you put your mouth guard in. They close the door. It's you punching some dude in the face. That's it. Yeah, and it's got to you know whatever whatever your tactic is, it's got to internally empower your ability to perform and fight right so if you're yeah, doing something fake exactly right. and you can, and it's not like, like internally you're like i know this shit it, like you know there's any sort of it, whatever you're doing outside is eliciting some sort of doubt you're fucked right so it's yes. clear that this is like it works for the guy like it, it fuels whatever fire is inside right that's a great way of putting it too i mean if you've got a moment of doubt in yourself at that level i mean you've got to be just you're doing you're doing it immediately yeah and i guess occasionally you see it but at that level you don't really see it. you can't get that far and, and doubt what you're up to there's, there's definitely a, a different psychology for a, a sport like fighting when swimming versus like a team sport. And the more I'm thinking about it, there's even a new psychology for fighting because it relies on the athletic creativity of basketball, football, those team sports while swimming, even though it's solo, it's just very monotonous. So I'm definitely, definitely going to start to think about that more and how the approach is. It's almost uh, I mean, ego is going to help. I mean, that's what we're seeing right now. But then ego also hurt because, I mean, Ronda had a big ego. I don't know whether that affected her ability in the ring. I mean, you you definitely have an eye for fights more than I do. I mean, did that high ego affect her ability to execute? 
Man, it, it's, I mean, it's tough when people are that when people are that great at what they're doing. There's no way. For, it's just it's the armchair quarterback. You know, mm -hmm. no matter what level of of anything you're at, unless you're at their level, you can't really get that. For for me, I I think. For me, I think with someone of her level, which is like the pinnacle of the world level, um, any type of mental mistake for one single moment can change it. We're talking about a fraction of a second that, that, another, that another athlete of the highest possible level kicked her in the head. That could happen to anyone mm -hmm. at any given time, any day. Mm -hmm. you know, did she rush in maybe a tiny bit too fast? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they saw something in the tape of Holly Holm that, that, that led them to think that was going to be a good idea. We have no idea. Um, mm. But we're talking about like a millisecond with one movement that changes an entire career. That doesn't happen in other sports. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and if it does, it's at least a, either a tiny bit longer or a tiny bit uh, uh, more related to other folks. Mm. You know, um, something like swimming, I guess, would be another example. But, but even then, that, that moment in fighting is different than anything else. Sure. Yeah. It's um, swimming is more of a routine. I'm thinking about it and then fight is it's all reaction. You see an yeah. opportunity, you yeah. take it, or it's reacting to kind of get into a defensive position and change your whole whole way of thinking instantaneously. Yeah. And, and man, I mean and again I can't even relate to that level. You're, you're just talking about Rhonda's fight for just another one second. But at, at that level, both the, the, the mental and physical pressure any human being is to be more susceptible to a tiny mistake with the stakes that high. Mm -hmm. uh, holy cow. I mean, we're human. We're human. You know? <laughs> um, so ultimately, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if that was a, if that was a mistake or just someone else being a tiny bit better for one second, Yep. you know? Um, and, and, and I guess, I guess it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a relevant parallel, but, but something that I see, um, I, 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 I watch fighting for sure, but I watch more closely the pre-training shows and things like that. Um, and one thing that I'm super critical of is is a lot of the strength conditioning that I see in these pre-fight shows for these highest level people is substandard. It's it's guesswork. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if you've got a thoroughbred horse. You don't need to have it bounce on one foot while throwing a tennis ball off the wall, yeah. Because it already knows how to do that, yeah. You know, you've got to make strength and power in the simplest possible ways, uh, laterally and and linear, and in all variable positions, and that's it. Yeah. You know, um, and without compromising high motor function, that, high it. skill. That's it, right? Because so then the other thing that becomes relevant there is is scaling and timing and implement. So so when I see, <laughs> I mean, uh, man. When I, when I see people in UFC shows doing crappy one-arm lifts with dumbbells or kettlebells or anything like that at 35 pounds, I think about, man, for in 20 minutes, I could make that person stronger and better at fighting. And, and I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe um, they know that. Maybe they're showing something different on camera than, than you know, we right. don't know that. Yeah. But, but what I do know is that, is that the details that they've employed into their martial arts training are not getting employed into their strength and conditioning, and they will be better at fighting when they do that. Yep. Is, is that a not valuing it, not valuing the strength and conditioning portion, or is it having five cooks in the kitchen? Because you have all these different arts that are pulling, and each one, each coach wants their system to take priority over the other, and then well, S&C is left just with, with, with the scraps? 
I mean, I, I think that's a phenomenal question. I think it's both. I think a lot of guys are so naturally talented and spend so much time on the martial arts side of things that strength and conditioning has to take a backseat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand that. But there are ways to maximize small windows, as you guys know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing, t- to be honest, is it's either too many cooks in the kitchen or, the, or simply the wrong number of small cooks. Um, a lot of these guys that I watch don't know shit. Um, and and I, I, I say that with humility, but also also an appropriate amount of criticism. They, they, they don't know what they're doing. You, you watch them squatting. They, the squat is not good. Uh, but it's totally fixable. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the lift is not good, but it's totally fixable. Um, so if, if these guys obviously have guys and girls have the patience to excel in these martial arts, they have the patience to apply those same de- details to, to, uh, strength and conditioning. That's going to make them better at fighting mm-hmm. for sure. So eventually we'll get our hands on them and so will you guys. And, and that's going to be a game changer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, e- even someone who's at the absolute highest level, can still improve. And it's, uh, you know, we, we refer to it as the curse of the gifted, but oftentimes so they don't. What a way to phrase that. They don't need to, you know, like they, uh, what was, uh, when we talk about college, this is where, yeah, this is kind of where I forget where we were. We had a toes forward post and, um, you know, we talked about the fastest people in the world being toes forward and bow legged and, and, you know, people bringing up the N equals one about uh, duck footed people who jump higher or LeBron James, for example, is a world-class athlete, but is duck footed, right? Uh, slight bogus knees. Well, then it, then everybody could pull that off. No, yeah. it's fucking LeBron James. Yeah. A, B, yeah. what if he wasn't, he would be better. Believe yeah. it or not, they yeah. can get, get, get better. And, uh, yep. and, uh, you know, that's just, just one of the, the curses that we talk about, you know, cause there's also, on that, that same token is like, don't break LeBron. Yeah. So it's the curse yeah. of the strength coach now. Like, yeah. you get such a fucking gifted athlete, you are under a microscope. Like, yeah. do not fuck this guy up, right? And uh, it happens in even we, we work with uh, a couple of MLB guys. One of the guys, you know, his, uh, his camp calls us and is like, do not allow him. He cannot lift heavy. You know, that nothing over uh, 20 pound dumbbells, nothing over 95 pounds on a barbell. He cannot lift heavy, you know, and we're like, yeah, yeah, we got it. That's how the program works. You know, yes, sir. Uh, And, uh, but they, they want to protect them, you know, whereas everything we know is like stress to progress. As long as everything's locked in and there's a watchful eye, you need to overload. You need to progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a tough prescription, man, because of course you can see where they're coming from because you know, their, their cash cow is in someone else's hands. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but realistically, light and less mechanical is more dangerous and yes. less. Yeah, keep so, going, man. I'm, I'll jump in, but yeah. keep going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Just, and this is uh, one of the biggest points that I make, I try to make at the seminar, is that the forces on the field are irreplicable in the weight room. Mm-hmm. What we have to do in the weight room is then overload to the best of our abilities to see where they are going to fail when they step into the ring, the court, the field, whatever it is. Absolutely. And then provide Absolutely. direction. Yeah. Yeah. Fa- 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 failure drills, failure drills are as important as the training mechanics. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, you know, um, I'm, 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 I've, as I, as I mentioned, I've learned, I've learned more from fixing myself from injuries and trying to recover position <laughs> than I am from training healthy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad, but it's been valuable for me. Um, I, I laugh because I remember, you know, every once in a while people are like, dude, you, you went to school for computer science and math. Like how the <laughs> fuck do you know this stuff? 
Like, what did you take an anatomy class, kinesiology? And I'm like, honestly, I fucked myself up. Like, yep. how did I hurt myself here? You know, and then you yep. go in, you deep dive, and you you scrape around and get some get some intel, and then you have a guy like Tex who fucking pieces it together in a way I can digest because I'm basically yep. an idiot wow. and uh, don't know how to read. So Tex gives me all the the A's, B's, and C's, and then I'm like, oh fuck yeah, that's how it works. It's, it's, it's really simple. Well, you know? and, and I thought a really intelligent post uh, recently was the fact that there's all this science and all these you know technical stuff that, that realistically, if I wanted to understand, I could. But but my 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 quote unquote science has been uh, physically and visually identifying movement patterns and flaws for long enough now where I can figure out how to make them work on any type of different body uh-huh. without knowing uh, you know, the genealogy of the specificity of the number code that the muscle <laughs> functions under. Yeah. You know? um, and, and while I see value to that, there's, there's not a day-to-day transferable value to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that person cannot come into my gym and, and fix a 33-year-old guy who was sent to us by a local PT because he wants to avoid hip replacement as long as possible. Mm-hmm. They are not going to skin that cat with science. Right. You know? Damn it. Do they understand one thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, they do great at it. You know, we were just in, we were in Salt Lake City. Is that City. the game though? I mean, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's interesting point. Is that the game? Yes, they understand one thing, but what game are we playing? Mm-hmm. You know? We were in Salt Lake City with uh, Dr. Bueller, who's one of John's guys. Uh, people probably heard us talk about it, but it, you know, John's shoulders banged up. Dude's fucking 10 years in the NFL. So he's in there and John had gotten an MRI and talking about what the prognosis the doctor gave. And I'm like, so what do you think? I mean, is that the case? Is this guy off or on? And he's like, and you know, he said something very simple and he's probably said it before. And, but it just hit me this last week when we were out there. He's like, I don't, I don't treat diagnoses or prognoses. I treat patients. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a just simple statement, Genius. but it's like, we're yeah. talking about the same thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm training an athlete. You know, yep. as a whole, you know, again, force for the trees. Like, yep. I'm not training a squat. I'm training performance, you know, and, and empowering the, the is not the point. The yeah. burpee is not yes. the point. Yes. Why are we doing the burpee? You know, the, the burpee for the sake of itself is, is not the point. So the um, doctor said this, that's some high level, that's some high level stuff. Doctors don't say that because that's not how they make money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's some high level shit, man. Well, in his defense, he is a proper witch doctor. Like this guy's <laughs> fucking magic, dude. Yeah. He is uh, he's an yep. amazing man. And uh, I've seen him work and, and it was all hokey. As John told me, as we were going out there the first time, maybe three or four years ago. And when I got to talk to him and got to see him work, like dude, the dude is fucking dialed and his amit method is like, it's it's crazy shit, dude. They're they're dialed in. But uh, Tex, what were you saying, bud? Um, just uh, on the the topic of science versus practice, like science is that n equals one. They kind of look in the small small window, and then as you get into kind of strength and conditioning application, then it's any n times x equals z times equals whatever. It's it's these multiple factors that come into play for an athlete. But now we're seeing even it's Coaches only see a squat for a squat. And uh, you and I were going back and forth with the guy on uh, Cal Strength's repost of our Toast Forward uh, kind of four-speed demo. So it's even like um, bridging that gap from science to practice and then the application. There's still people that are missing the the boat. Yeah. And how how, how do they get there is – is my big question and my answer to myself is always interest. 
So if you're not interested or willing to put the work in, then we got to just push you to the side mm -hmm. and wait for those that are, yeah. you know, cause you, you can't sell, you can't sell interest. As uh, as the former power athlete coach, Callie Hinsman, current podcast producer once said, you gotta want it. And I don't know Tex, if that's yours or somebody else from DC, but it's something that, you know, jokingly she just would repeat all the fucking time at Balboa. And again, another just fucking simple statement has a lot of fucking meaning. You gotta want it, and yeah. if you don't want it, the fuck, you know, like, what do you expect? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's and there's, pla there's places for you, and we're we're a, as I'm sure you guys are, we're, we're a anything is better than nothing, uh, uh, mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, so so if you're moving, as long as you're just really not doing something totally asinine, yeah, anything is better than not moving. Mm -hmm. But then, based on your interests and based on your access and everything like that, there are a ton of shades of better and worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's that's kind of what we're hunting for is 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 normal people that want that highest common denominator and, and are willing to work a little harder and pay a little attention and and, and then ultimately reap rewards that most people would not believe. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know you guys have seen that too. And it's it's the coolest thing is when is when someone with a stacked deck against them, yep. uh, all of a sudden outperforms themselves, impresses us. Uh, that's awesome. Yep. It's awesome. You can't, you can't replicate that man. And, and, and hard work is the only way to it. Um, but detailed coaching is, is, is the close second. Yep. Yep. You know, that's the catalyst. Right. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And, and yeah. Text we just, got yeah, yeah, just, you got a, um, again, want to put more emphasis on that detailed coaching because I mean, hard work and one of our lines is, you know, don't mistake activity for achievement care how much you're doing if it's kind of detrimental to your performance so that detailed coaching and then again i'm all about coaches responsibility and putting it on them to understand so that way whatever their athletes are doing it's it's going to be the proper thing to put them in a position to empower them and accomplish their goals and, and while we've got while we've got the the medium here i i i, I want to say again with humility that you know, we reach out to a lot of people, a lot of people touch back. And, and, and as you guys also see, there's a, there's a plague of uh, not knowing what you don't know, or at least not admitting what you don't know, mm -hmm. because as a coach, you're supposed to know everything, but that is just so gigantically flawed. Yeah. You know? Um, so, I mean, you know, this, this year we're going to, of course, similar to difference to what you guys are doing. We, we want to give resources to coaches uh, especially, especially CrossFit coaches that are on the newer side that are way more likely to hurt people than they are to help people pass that novice window. Mm -hmm. um, teach these uh, basic but super important things that are going to help insulate their athletes. Yep. Um, but when, when we, you know, we've done that in the past. There's like this territorialism because you know uh, people still feel that CrossFit is this golden crown that doesn't need any type of retooling or anything like that. Nothing is that. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, Wolf Brigade looks different now than it did a handful of years ago because we improve, we try and improve every month. We try and improve every day, you know, philosophically we're the same, um, goal, goal wise, we're the same, but you know, physically detail wise, if you're not improving all the time, then, then you're just, you're just falling behind. Right. Um, but, but the, I think there needs to be more co coaching resources with more standardization uh, and that's what we're that's what we're going to try and do a lot of nice um, because we, we can't at text as you mentioned earlier there, there there are standardizations to it now that we have that we can teach with brevity and clarity 
And that's going to be awesome. That's going mm-hmm. to awesome. be super fun um, because I want to see a shitload of tiny people lifting hundred pound kettlebells, not a shitload of giant people lifting 30 pound kettlebells. Right, you right. know, um, one is valuable. The other is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with, with, with maces, maces and kettlebells particularly, um, that, that evolutionary process is still early. And, and when we look at it pound for pound with a barbell, the reason that those tools get devalued, well, maces get devalued because a lot of the people that you see doing them on the internet are basically doing like ballet with them or aerobics with them. Mm-hmm. And they're four pounds. If, if you're six pounds, eight pounds, if you're a normal person with normal strength, a four to six to eight pound mace is not going to make you stronger, no matter how many times you swing it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if you have that baseline strength and the detailed instruction to accompany it, you can swing a mace, move a mace, lift a mace that is heavy enough to make you stronger easily. Yeah. Um, it's the same, it's the same with, I mean, I don't know when the year would have happened with this with barbells, but at some point people just figured out you can lift heavy ass barbells. Yeah. You know, sometime before that they were probably lifting them too light. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that process with kettlebells and maces is, is still evolving. Um, people, you know, and, and CrossFit, you know, back, back when it started, set that 35 pounds for women, 55 pounds for men kettlebell standard, which I think is interesting how long that's held up as this, uh, as this standard. Mm -hmm. Um, because for certain things, certain applications, it works perfectly. Some of their benchmarks, that works perfectly. Um, but, but as a general guideline, um, that, that needed retooling. That, mm-hmm. needed, that needed evolution. That's not heavy enough. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, for people that have good deadlift squats and things like that, the, the, the ceiling is limitless for, for kettlebell lifting. Yeah, I think that's interesting because, you know, 315 used, for a deadlift used to be fucking yeah. like, yeah. oh, God damn it. Yep. But, uh, you know, you're talking about compensatory movement pattern with the kettlebell swing. Why hasn't the increase scale in the kettlebell scale, or maybe it has, I mean, fuck, I mean, we only swing like the two, 2.5 up here. Yeah. You know, John and I, yeah. uh, that's kind of our standard. Somebody but, comes but that's in. not for lack of ability to do. Right. You know, I mean, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind you can swing 150 pound kettlebell sure. for 12 reps for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that's, that's interesting in and of itself. You know, you guys are fucking animals. You can swing and lift whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's good stuff. Dex, you got anything else, man? Uh, let's let's plug the book. Um, yeah. So let's, nice. what's up? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Where, what do you um, want people to check out? So, I, um, well, so wolfbrigade.com. Thank you. That's great. Um, our Instagram, we've been working hard at it. I'm trying to get smarter at the internet. Um, uh, our Instagram is is the quickest way to look at what we do. Uh, with with um, both movement and mental, um, and then the, and then WolfBrigade.com has got six years of programming with detailed videos and and uh, about a hundred and something mental posts, which is articles and uh, quotes and all this different stuff. But then um, separate separately from that, um, uh, in, in the continuation of me being a, a weird shut in, um, I, I write stories. I've always I've always written stories my whole life. Uh, as I mentioned, I've I've always had weird luck. Um, I had, I've had a, a blog online since 1999 called war of attrition.com. Um, uh, I started that when I was out here in LA just as kind of a, a sounding board cause I didn't really have any friends when I moved out here. And, and, uh, um, so just kind of did a lot of writing and put up a lot of stories about when I was a kid. Um, uh, some, some of them are fun. Some of them are, 
absolutely not fun. Um, <laughs> but, but there's pictures too. So if you get bored, you can go look at that. Um, and then the book is fiction. It's called theft of the age. Um, and it's just kind of about some, some, uh, maladjusted, uh, teenagers. It's definitely not a, it's definitely not a young adult style book. It's, it's more of a, a more of a human condition style book. These kids in their minds grew up really early, mm -hmm. uh, as, as I feel like I did. Um, uh, and it's just the struggles that they go through with that. And, and you know, the, um, the wild card is they do some things that most of us probably would not do, um, to people, but, uh, it's things we've probably all thought about doing to people. Sure. So anyway, that, that's, uh, that, that's, that's the book and that's, those are, those are kind of our other projects. Um, and that's, that's, that's it. That keeps me busy, man. That's for sure. Well, we'll make sure we get those linked up in the post. So if you're listening to this, you're like, shit, I want to get down. On that. <laughs> Here's what you do. It's great. Go to the, the, the show link and, uh, or show description. You'll see links right in there for all that stuff. Well, we appreciate that. And, and, and ultimately too, we, we, we are open source. I mean, we, 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 we really, we don't just say this to make it sound interesting. We are, we, we are a brand that wants to evolve the process. Uh, Wolf Brigade is, is, is the vehicle, not the destination. You know, we, we want, we want people that have either ignored strength and conditioning because they didn't like how it looked. Uh, they were nervous about not being able to perform it well, mm -hmm. anything like that. We, we want those people to adopt uh, both the mindset and the, and the physical culture that, that we've tried to, uh, that we've tried to create. Mm -hmm. Um, because, because I'm, I'm one of those people. If, if, if when I was riding BMX and listening to hardcore, uh, when I was a kid, someone would have told me, Hey, go lift some weights. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I mean, th those were the people that made no sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. and ultimately once, once, <laughs> once it starts making sense, um, is, is, is when it starts becoming, uh, a piece of what you're already into, uh -huh. you know? So, so for, for, for people that are into music, for people that are into action sports, things like that, often they ignore fitness for, for whatever reason, Wolf Brigade is going to be a non gimmicky access point for those people, as well as the high level athletes that can just value from the details that we have to offer because, because my background was different. Doesn't, uh, doesn't mean that what we're doing is a novelty, right? We get that times we've had some coaches reach out to us and be like, well, you know, you're just like, you know, like you're just listening to death metal and swearing a lot. Um, <laughs> no, no, my friend, that is not what is going on. Yeah. You do you, you know, lose those guys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We lose, yeah. We lose those guys. Yeah. Yeah. They can, we can, we can talk about that anytime they want to, anywhere they want to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, with that said, I guess, you know, coming from that, that background, I feel like you're poised to be a very valuable mentor to let's say, uh, you know, some of those action sports guys who are young and don't get it, don't see the connection. Have you had the opportunity to to inject yourself into anybody's life and like really kind of flip the switch for them? Well, a, a little bit. Um, we, we've definitely done that with, with people um, in, in a lot of walks of life, less so with some of the ones that I'm the most interested in, yeah. which is, which is action sports and fighting. Yeah. So, so part of, part of my process has been making sure that before we really kind of like turned the dogs loose on this thing, that it was really, really uh, solid and sound and standardizable, you know? So, so whereas maybe in 2009 or 2010, I could have started propagating. I wanted to wait until I, I wanted to wait until it was really just locked down. Yeah, sure. You know? No, I don't. Um, I didn't want to put out a substandard product because I felt that there's already plenty out there, mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, the last thing, the last thing the world needs is another shitty fitness program. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted it to be a brand that we could help people populate. Like, like for example, our first chapter of Wolf Brigade is in Istanbul, Turkey, um, at a place called Blackboard Strength and Conditioning. And, and how that looks right now is just, they take pieces of our puzzle and implement them in their puzzle and then report to us on how it works. Yeah. You know, um, and that's how it'll go. I mean, we, you know, the, 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 the CrossFit affiliate program is, a, I mean, <laughs> from a financial standpoint, man, you can't argue with that. Sure. Uh, that's like, that's got some Conor McGregor level legitimacy <laughs> to it. Um, but, but, but from a, from a, a progress based standpoint, uh, we'll never be a place that says do this the same every day always because we're not training the same people. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? It's a different city. Uh, it, it's a, it's a different mindset. It's a different coaching set. Um, but there are standards that can help improvement. Um, and we feel that implementing some of our stuff is, is going to be a game changer for, for a lot of people. Right. Uh, we're hoping action sports and, and, and fighting will, will follow. Um, and we will, we just have to hunt those people down. Um, as, as with you guys, I mean, you, you know, we want to kind of build it. They will come mm-hmm. just, just like this. Uh, and that feels more organic to me. Sure. If I have to beg someone to do something, it's, it's not going to be, right, it's right. not going to be valuable, but yeah. Oh, that's good stuff, man. Well, Hey Greg, t- dude, thanks for taking the time. And uh, you guys, awesome. I, again, I couldn't, I couldn't be more impressed with what you guys are doing. And, 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 and again, I, I say this with humility. There is not much in the fitness industry that impresses me. Um, so yeah. Well, appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome people. Yeah, thank you, thank you Yeah, that's great, man. Hope to meet you in person soon. Oh, yeah. So that's a symposium or something, right? Uh, man, if, if, there, if, if I hadn't poorly timed this trip, I, I, I saw that come up and I was like, F, you know, <laughs> but, but it'll be soon if it's not then. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Sounds good. And we're, you know, we're around, we're going to be coming out your way for seminars and shit like that. So yeah. we'll just we'll, we'll make to. it, make it work to cross some paths. If, if, if Rochester ever worked, you guys are obviously more than welcome to run that thing at my place, man, any day you want, anytime. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah we would love it. And say hi to John. And, and thanks again to John for sparking my interest in this, in this thing back when we met in, in 08. We'll do. Yep. All right, Tex, as they say, go fuck yourself. <laughs> 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 Nothing. Uh, See you, buddy. You're, are you going to have fun in, um, where are you going? Stockholm? Stockholm, Sweden. It yeah. happens tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. Jeez. Yeah, thank you. Me and Carl. Carl, so good to Carl, see you. Good to see you. Awesome. Yeah, well, dude, have fun at that, sir. Uh, you know, don't do anything I wouldn't do. I'll be, in, I'll be in KC with Double D, just spreading the word. Riding around in his minivan. <laughs> That's right, dude. <laughs> But uh, all right, people, go get back, do whatever you're doing. Go back to your lives and not, stop listening to the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Hey, you know what we've ne- we haven't fucking done is shamelessly uh, ask talk people. about movies. <laughs> hey, sh- we're shamelessly asking anyone and everyone who's listening to go to iTunes and give this five-star review. If you think we're a four or three, don't fucking do it. Listen, don't even think. Get lost. That's what because, it is. Because we're going to fucking find you, all right? And we're going to go onto your account and make it a five-star anyways. <laughs> so we got people, okay? We got people who can do this. I love that we're ending with a threat that we can actually <laughs> carry out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hey, we haven't done that in a while. I think, get, like, other podcasts do that. What do, we, what do other podcasts do that we don't do? We should do more of that. Um, make claims they can't honor? Oh, no, we do that. Oh, 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 <laughs> shit. Uh,
one one last question for Greg in uh, combining martial arts and movies. What's your favorite martial art, kung fu, MMA, anything fighting movie, breakdance fighting movie? Oh my god, <laughs> breakdance fighting! You're trying to stack. You're trying to stack the deck for a funny answer. Um, oh my god, man! I mean, it, it. The first three Steven Seagal movies, from a pure execution of mindless violence, I gotta claim that. <laughs> I gotta claim that. There, there's there's very there's very little reality to anything that he's doing. Uh, but holy shit, you just watch people get destroyed. How can you not love that? So uh, was the first one was Hard to Kill, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was Hard to Kill, Out for Justice, Mark for Death. I yeah. think in that order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't crucify me on the internet if that's not it. But that's it. Yeah. That's it. For for wanton violence, how can you go wrong? Yeah, dude, so it's like each one, like the first, like Hard to Kill, they're like, okay, let's dislocate two arms. That's right. They're like, holy shit, that really went over well with the audience. All right, right. so now let's do 20. Yep. Okay, well, let's just dislocate everybody's fucking arms and knees. Yep. <laughs> and they're, and they're going to stand there and wait for it. Yeah, right, so, right. <laughs> anyway, I hope that was the answer. That's it. That is a good answer. All right, now you can stop listening, people. All right, Tex. See, see, see you guys. guys. See you later. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. You can find Coach Greg Walsh and all of his training resources on www.wolfbrigade.net. And become part of the Wolf Pack by following them on Instagram at Wolf Brigade Gym. And today marks the start of the 2016 Power Athlete Symposium. If you are unable to attend, you cheap bastard, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with all the action. Until next time, bye!